skin and blister. We're two sisters. Supporting each other from across the pond. Hello and welcome to Skin and Blister Pod. Hi, Saz, how are you? A very dulcet coming in from Kez. Thank you for that intro. I am well, and you, my dear? Well, the reason I am singing everything is, don't worry, I'm not going to do it for the whole episode, but I have been listening to a lot of show tunes this weekend, because all the chick chick wants to listen to these days is Hamilton. So it's kind of that thing where you sing everything because you drove for four hours and you heard other people singing everything. So I'm sure you understand. It does add up. It does add up. How about that? Has Has he seen Hamilton the chicken? Yeah, he saw it, um, the Disney, you know, recording on Disney Plus. And yeah, he's been obsessed ever since. We were late to the game. I think other households went through this earlier, but now we are doing it late to the game. Alexander Hamilton. Alexander Hamilton. Yeah, it's good. It's good. It's really Um, good. Well, let us know what you've been up to this past weekend. You've been away, haven't you? Yes, so we went to the old Raleigh to see the sis-in-law, Chris, Chris, Krista, and her little one, who is 11, I believe now. Um, So yeah, it was really fun. They had a new kitten, and we just spent all the time playing with the kitten. It was yucky weather so basically just sat around played with a new kitten um and i guess we did leave the house once <laughs> we went to get mexican food and then we went well, to that an arcade. Is a relief. <laughs> and oh, yeah. then we went back it's good yeah good it was funny because like Death. sunday i only had to leave at like one and the whole time like i think i got up at eight thirty, and the whole time me and her were saying, oh, we'll go for a walk in a bit with the boys. We'll walk down to the cafe. Guess what? We never left the house. <laughs> it was raining. Yeah, no, it wasn't even raining. We just, we were so busy. We always have lots to talk about. <laughs> Fun times. Fun, Fun times, indeed. Times. What would we do without our sisters-in-law? Wait, does Fran have a sister? No. Or or does his brother have a wife? Do you like her? His brother does have a wife, and I do like her. Do you ever, you like, hang out just you there. and her? Um, I haven't really. We we don't see each other that often, and oh, okay. uh, we don't speak the same language. But, yeah, she's really uh... lovely. Um... <laughs> Yes. Ah, that that sounds good. Speaking of yucky weather, I had a yucky experience in tennis today. I feel like Uh-oh. this should come with a trigger warning. Okay, let's anyway, hear it. What's the trigger warning? Trigger warning, disgusting content. Okay. Because um, some people can't take that like kind of thing, but I can't really even take explaining it, so there isn't 
too much. All right, anyway, stop. You I have say, to say now. You can't like lead up and then just cut it off. Well, I'll say, but I won't make it as gross as it was. I just picked up a tennis ball and like it was in something gross. I don't even know what it was, but was uh, I feel a bit sick just talking about it. And that was a while ago, even. That Anyways, is disgusting. I was, like, wiping my hands on everything. Ugh. Was it? Is your tennis outside or inside? It's outside. Okay. So I yeah. Think, I think it was. <laughs> I think it was some phlegm. Someone had. Yuck. <laughs> I couldn't wash my hands till I got home. Then I washed them about five times. Oh my god. Listen, people. If you're going to do that. Don't do it on the sidewalk. Do it in a bush or something. I mean, or in a trash can. A tennis court was a great place to do it, but it's that not. That is so bad. Um, oh my God. That, you know what? That's like one of my pet peeves is people spitting on, just, just swallow it, people. <laughs> <laughs> that, and you know what else really gets to me? Walking by someone who's smoking. Yeah, that's really annoying. I do an extremely passive-aggressive overtaking situation because, yeah, I just find you smoke. Everyone can make bad choices for themselves, but (laughs) I do not want to. Didn't you used to smoke? I had like one cigarette. Oh, okay. Possibly two. Um, no, I don't, like people make like that's fine. Make your choice, but I like definitely do not want to be part of the secondhand experience. You know what I call um, cigarettes? Anyway. Cancer sticks. It's oh, a better word for that them. Is an accurate description of them. Yeah. Um. Oh my anyway, god! Yeah, so this I, feels um, very low energy today. What's going on? No, I'm super hyped. You are? Okay, you're going to have to carry well, this I, one then. <laughs> as I do every single one. Uh, no, no. I brought us in with a lovely tune, I will have you know. Um, I went over to, to the neighbors last night. We had like a neighborhood dinner with some of our neighbors and it was quite funny. You know what we talked about the whole time? Tell me. We t- <laughs> we talked about what we would do, like our preparations for a doomsday scenario. We oh, like I planned it. it. We planned it all out. Classic <laughs> suburbia. Yeah. yeah, it is. It's really and then like so the the neighbor he's kind of in the local government, like does preparations for stuff and like emergency preparations disaster you know and uh so he's like really like in in the know with everything which i feel really good about because he's my neighbor so we'll be okay the neighbor i met when i was there you probably met him at some point but i don't think the one you're thinking of the one Um, that came and played board games with us no a different one a different one so then so then i was like give us the very succinct rundown of how you would survive an apocalypse okay so we have a whole plan 
So we need to do some drill training, I think. <laughs> Succinct, Kelda. <laughs> So, hear about the drills. For, okay, we so it. we're on a dead end street, like next to the woods, right? Like there's a mountain behind us. We're in our own little street. We have a fence down below us. So we have to block off the road with some cars. Like we have to make a car barricade there. But the first thing I'm going to do, this the minute things go down, I am going to go to the farm that's nearby. I'm going to drive there while I still have gas. I'm going to get a male and female pig and bring them back. And they're going to live up in the woods behind our neighborhood. We're going to make like a stone fence for them. (laughs) And then we can breed pigs. And uh, we'll have plenty of bacon. And we won't starve. Then also we have... I don't even know what to think anymore. Your face. I think that's gonna work. Pigs don't have babies every other day. You're gonna have to find something else to eat as well. I mean, we, we can eat. We can like grow some vegetables as well. Maybe some wild garlic. I imagine that grows in the woods. It does. Yeah, there's a lot of it. Get your vitamins. Um, and then yeah, we're gonna have chickens as well. <laughs> We don't have any of this yet, but we're just planning. And yeah, we're going to have our own little self-sustaining neighborhood um, with a car blockade. And there's like a creek up in the woods so we can like go collect water from there. So we'll be totally fine. The British people. (laughs) Oh, a, a small stream of water. Yeah. Small stream, a small, a very small river. But yeah, we spent a lot of time planning and then people were drinking red wine and yeah, the planning got more and more intense. And then we were talking about how there is a some type of... Uh, so this guy used to be a cop and he was talking about how there's like people in the county that like no one will pull over or mess with because they're so dangerous. <laughs> and then that right. was like... Great to know. That was, like, really um, interesting. I don't know how much of that was the wine and how much was real, so I guess we'll never know. But I just know not to ever even think about it and share it on a public forum because... (laughs) Do you know... um, Did you discuss which... Like, if you're allowed to eat each other when it gets really desperate... (laughs) <laughs> no, that's against the rules. You can't do that. Okay. That's like, that's what other people will probably be doing in cities. Because let's face it, everyone in big city is completely screwed. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. Saz. You got to move for right now. <laughs> no, my plan in an apocalyptic scenario is just to die. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually a really good plan, I think. ASAP. ASAP. Um, yeah, but okay, that sounds very interesting. I would have loved to be part of that meeting of minds. Of it was a good mind. convo. And then we thought, like, we are supposed to have an HOA, but um, our president. HOA? Oh, sorry. It's like a um, homeowners association. And you're supposed to, like, have a treasury and 
collect money every year so that you have money to repair the road because it's a private street you know like the county is not gonna fix it so we're gonna have to pay to get it fixed once it gets potholes eventually um and our president was at the dinner and he has never even once set up any kind of bank account or treasury thing and I was telling him, like, I'm the vice president, but I only have to do your duties if you die. So you need to do your duties until you die, and then I'll take over. And we thought about how we don't have any funds saved, so once the road goes, we're just going to be driving through potholes. It was very interesting. Oh, uh, you got to get on that. Yeah. I know. If you rent in London in a new build, you all pay a little stipend towards yeah, yeah. the monthly maintenance. Um, but luckily, like, I don't have to do that. But we, the reason, we have like, go ahead. Sorry, I was just going to say, like, the reason I am vice president is so I don't ever have to do anything. And now I feel like mm. if I don't do it, no one will. Well, I reckon you should be the treasurer because... You know, when you play Monopoly, whoever's the banker always siphons off a bit. So maybe you could um, be the treasurer and yeah, it's off a it's a bit felony, and you could go to prison for twenty years. But that sounds like a great plan. I like that idea. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Well, maybe don't do that then. But um, although I'd probably look cute in orange, what do you think? You've seen orange is the new black. Would I have like Piper vibes? You'd be fine. I'd be fine. <laughs> I would run that. <laughs> I would run the prison. <laughs> oh I don't know gosh. if you'd run the prison or... No, I don't know. Going to prison really, really scares me. It's a, No, I shouldn't joke about it. It's some people... It's like an adequate yeah. deterrent for me. Me too. That's why I will not be siphoning off the HOA funds. So we did have an elected treasurer, but they moved away. And so we've never, and that was like five years ago. And we've never elected a new one. We're very dysfunctional. No, you just need to put a little bit aside every month. Everyone puts, what, $40 every month? I'm sure you'll get enough. Yeah, not much. In their times. Yeah. How much do you think it would cost? Maybe a couple thousand. Probably like twenty thousand dollars. Okay, to do that, like to resurface it, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Oh uh, yeah, it's start now. No oh, I have an cool? apology. Speaking of amounts of money that I just throw out there with absolutely no idea what I'm talking about, um, I last week said that an ambulance ride would cost $10,000. And then I looked up, it would have been an easy Google search at the time, but I looked it up and the average ambulance ride costs one to $3,000 in the US. And then the average like ER visit would probably be less than like $3,000. So I apologize. I'm putting it straight now. I'm sorry for the misinformation. It's okay. Thank you. You're All welcome. Right. Anything else you want to tell us? Um, no, you go for it. Tell me about your weekend. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Um, I had a great weekend. I went to, I did this thing where I motivated myself super, super much. <laughs> <laughs> 
I went for a swim on Saturday morning, which I haven't oh, nice. done for about three years. So I was quite worried that I would jump in and have no idea how to swim. But no, I got there. <laughs> I jumped in and I swam a mile. Which I Wow, that's amazing. Exciting. Did you swim the, in the Thames? <laughs> 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 oh dear no because that would just be ludicrous no no one swims in the Thames I mean I think is it disgusting can. yeah it's disgusting and I think you people do but in wetsuits like in triathlons hmm. but you have okay. to wear a wetsuit and try not to drink the water otherwise you will not Die. survive um, but quick yeah, aside but- on sorry quick aside on that last night when we were talking about all these crazy things, the the neighbor was like, oh, yeah, the, you know the river here that we go tubing on? He was mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, never, ever go to that river because there's so many bodies in it. You have no idea how many bodies are in there. And I was like, oh, my God. He's like, was you're allowed to have... Neighbor? Yeah, he was like, you're allowed to have one fish per year from that river. And you should not ever go tubing on it. And I was like, okay. And that's, that's the disturbing. one you go tubing on. Yeah. Oh, man. That's really sad. I wonder why. I have what, to say, I thought that... it was a stick, but maybe it was a leg bone. What was? <laughs> what are you talking about? I'm just kidding. Okay. Stop yeah. with the sides. Um, okay. <laughs> the disgusting, well, the very sad sides. Um with the swimming i used up all my motivation for the like for about five days so since then i have been m-i-a motivation wise missing in action um very good very good so yeah but it was lovely to swim in the in the olympic pool that was very exciting but i did want to ask you a question because i was thinking about this the other day Wait, how how long did your mile take, though? Tell me. Like, that's quite gnarly. How long did that take? It took an hour, like pretty okay. much exactly an hour. Um, but the issue was they... So it's the Olympic pool that they used for the Olympics in 2012. Ah, um, that's so cool. they'd shut down the 50-meter pool. And the 20... So everyone was in the 25-meter pool. And so you have to go back and forth 64 times. Oh, my um, gosh. So the hardest part was counting. Cause yeah. I, I think I, I probably swam over a mile because I kept getting, um, forgetting what number I was on. Uh, but yeah. yeah Amazing. Yeah. Uh, and you have to be careful when you go swimming because the people who go swimming are always super hardcore. So like one lady was like, you're in the wrong place because I was taking a little rest before I completed the rest. <laughs> I was like, I guess I'd done like three quarters. So I had a little uh-huh. rest. And the lady was like, you're on the wrong side. And I was thinking, like, I've seen you stopping here about five times. So I don't know what you're talking about. And then the other thing that happens is people, if you're, because I'm, you know, there's slow, medium, fast. So I'm definitely not fast, but I'm not, I'm medium yeah. to slow. So if okay. I go into slow, it's like way, like, I 
I'm like tailing everyone, but in the medium, I'm like not really fast enough for the medium, but that's where I swim. So I always have people overtaking me, um, which talk me through what stroke are you using mostly? Breaststroke, side stroke. So I do breaststroke one way, crawl the next. Breaststroke, crawl. Wow, really good, really good. That's a great workout. Yeah, it was really cool. Uh, but then, uh, yeah, so the rest of the weekend was pretty much a write-off. Well, that's not really true. I worked in the coffee shop, and then, um, yeah, I like saw friends yesterday. But what I wanted to ask you was, we were talking about this the other day, and I couldn't quite come to a conclusion. Mm-hmm. But we were talking about this whole thing with, so this idea of nepotism, which is obviously when... This, I think it's more for the very rich. But basically, you get opportunities because your parents have opportunities and they kind of help you a lot in life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I was thinking, like, would you, would I help, if I had a child, would I help them to that extent? So obviously, my my initial thought was I'd help them while they lived under my roof, but then there would be, like, a cutoff point. But I'm not really sure that I would actually do that and I wondered what you thought about this uh topic yeah so I think like before you have kids you are always like very principled about (laughs) I'm not trying to be mean to you about what you would do with your kids once you had them you're always like I would do this and that and this um and then once you have the kids like you're like everything gets switched around and so like I I think I always thought that with my child like I would be really hard on them you know um that way they're tough you and you make them work for everything and um go to school for a practical job that will definitely make money and all that. I had that attitude probably till a few years ago. And then I started thinking like, okay, so here's the deal. One, (laughs) one part of this is that as a parent, it's very hard to teach your child life skills because it takes a lot of time and energy. Um, So if you, you know, I think most parents deal with this, but especially if you work full time and, you know, um, are not with them a ton, except in the evenings and weekends, um, you know, it takes a lot of energy and it's not very fun to like nag them about doing their chores properly. So that's part of my problem, which I need to do better with. Um, because I do think it's important for kids to do chores. I don't think they should have everything done for them and never participate in the family. But um, I d- will say I've I've gotten a lot softer view on the whole like thing where he becomes an adult and you know starts to find his own way in life. I think it's super important to support your child in whatever endeavor they feel most inspired about um provided it's not like something horrible um and illegal but um I think that I'm at the point where if you know if he said I really want to go to art school 
in the past I would have said like I'm not paying for that but now I think you know I would support him in that because I I will say I've talked to some people who are in the arts who have proper careers in the arts and they say like the people that are the most successful in their field of work are the ones whose parents really supported them unconditionally in their Mm -hmm. dreams and and like life is you know I don't necessarily think that in a softer more um less harsh world you necessarily have to prepare your kids for a super harsh world does that make sense so I think you kind of have to go well what are they going to have to deal with um as adults will they have to deal with poverty or um or war or will they have a hopefully have a peaceful existence and and be you know pretty comfortable financially because of you know me like helping them through college and then they end up getting like a a better job and you know being pretty comfortable so like what is it that you have to prepare your child for and then just try to get it right and just hope that the world doesn't crash and burn around you um but yeah I've definitely mixed feelings like would I hire my child in my business or give them a job I mean I think that would depend on their potential, how much they're showing me that they're capable of. And, and if, you know, if they're not showing you that they can handle it, I don't think it's an appropriate to give them that opportunity just because they're your kid. I think you would maybe say like, hey, I'd love to give you this opportunity. However, I don't think you're ready for it. So... Um, here are the steps if you do want this opportunity to work towards it Um, but I don't know ultimately you can't control anything they do and that's good and they have to find their own way in life and and I just I do think though I will help um, my son through college financially while also you know while expecting good grades of him and you know and that hinges on how much financial support he gets if that makes sense okay so you're saying it's basically with condition so you yeah the the financial support comes with conditions if if he's failing the college classes i'm paying for i'm not gonna keep paying for them yeah it's very interesting because it is this idea that why should the next generation in because sometimes i go ah they need to like the school of hard knocks is like the way to go um Mm -hmm. yeah and part of me looks at i mean i do you know i have to i do do interviews for people and i have to analyze like whether they'll be able to do the job and then sometimes it's not like sometimes i meet people and i think oh wow like you don't have the preparation you need to you know join the team and then I think ah like is that because some of the time they just come across too young and like they are young so it's not you know it's not the end of the world it's just a judgment I have to make but um then I think of myself kind of being dropped you know having to hit the ground running Mm -hmm. and make you know kind of make money from the get-go um and 
I wouldn't say I had a particularly difficult life, but um, am I boring you? No. <laughs> Carl is just yawning on the other side. Anyway, all I'm trying to say is the that has led me to like have to take on responsibilities. And especially mm-hmm. when I first moved to London, I was like, I have to work more hours. And I was getting every hour and I was paying my rent and I was... I mean, I was like enjoying my life as well, but it was, it was in some ways the school of hard knocks because if I didn't have money, then I was going to get, you know, I wouldn't be able to live in the house I was renting or, I mean, the room I was renting in reality. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I mean, it's not, and yeah, and I didn't suffer per se, but there was times when I had 10 pounds in my account. Um, so I guess... I don't think that was a bad experience to go through is what I'm trying to say. But also, it, is it... Because there's this other thing where it's like, why shouldn't... Like, shouldn't kids have to go through that? I don't know. Shouldn't they have uh, to go through some version of that? I don't believe they should. I, I do think they should learn to work for goals, right? But that can look many different ways. You know, if... You can motivate them in other ways than saying, like, you need to be dirt poor and, you know, work three jobs to get through college or whatever it is. Um, Like, for instance, if your child really wants to go to um, art school, then maybe you make requirements on, well, you know, you need to show me that you're going to take this seriously by doing these projects. Whatever it may be, you know. Um, there are other ways to motivate and I do think it's good for all teenagers to work at least part time um, while they're in high school because then they get that you know experience with working um, and I think in a retail job or something like that it gives you this really good experience dealing with people and co-workers and I think that's like I think that's something I would want for my son is for him in high school to like get a bit of a of an idea of like saving money for things he wants and and uh, working with other people. Um, so I'm not saying like just coddle them and make their life as easy as possible, but I do what think about, like that, wait, what about because what if they're like we? I don't want to have a job. Like, I don't need to, so I, don't, I won't. Well, so then, I mean, it's different for every kid, right? And I, ha- I don't have teenagers yet, so I don't know how well equipped I am to answer this question. But um, I do think, like, you can motivate them by saying, well, you really want... Like, there's something every teenager wants really bad. Yeah. You just need no, to find that and use that as a motivation. Say, you really want a car, I'm only going to help you buy it if you put in $5,000. You know what I mean? And then that gives them the motivation to work towards that or whatever it is that they really want. And what about, for example, if they go to college? I mean, you don't have to answer this thinking about even your, you know, obviously you you have a kid, but if you just think about like the theory of it, uh, like I'm not going to hold you to it and what if what about like when they go to university and would you pay for their housing 
Uh, yeah, I think that... Um, so I have a college account for my son, um, and I think that my goal would be to support him as much as possible financially um, so that he can really focus on his schooling um, if if he decides to go to a traditional university. Um, and But only on the condition that, you know, he's putting the proper work in and, and his grades are showing it because I am... Like, the one thing I can't see myself doing is going, well, he's getting all C's. I'm just going to keep, like, paying for all his stuff, you know? So there there are going to have to be conditions on that financial support, which I think is totally fair because, you know, basically I'm paying him to do his job at the time, which is to, you know, do well in school. Yeah, it's a very... I think it's, like, quite close to... I'm kind of looking at it in a very theoretical way, but I think it's like quite close to you. Oh my gosh, it is. <laughs> so I scary. Think like, yeah, because <laughs> I'm more, I don't know. I, I'm like the receiving end of this because I, you know, we've had people working with us and then they don't need to work. So they, you know, they decide not to. And that's, there's nothing, there's definitely nothing wrong with that. But I just, it really surprised me because like their parents are paying for their house. Their parents are paying for them to go to school. Their parents give them an allowance and it's like See, I, they're 22 years old. And I'm like, I oh. think I would, I would pay um, for the like on campus housing, right? Like the dorms or whatever. Okay. I don't know if I would necessarily like, I'm not going to pay for a super nice place. Like I think when you're in college, you should expect to live like with a bunch of roommates, eat ramen a lot, you know, like it's not going to be like this lush experience. Plus I don't have that kind of money anyway. <laughs> Even if I oh did gosh. though, I don't think that's what college should be like. Cause that's just like, I feel like that's just spoiled. I think I'm going to make ramen tonight. <laughs> Yum. I want some. Can you send some? <laughs> send it over the ocean. Send it over the sea. If you send me the prototype, I can 3D print it. <laughs> Just kidding. Delicious. I don't actually have a 3D printer. But wouldn't no, that be I don't amazing? Know. I don't really know what I think about this thing. I, like, I saw this thing, I, and it's, the, it's a tale as old as time, but this... Um, richest company in the world and then they the guy uh you know appointed his daughter as the new C- ceo and yeah like, oh, yeah okay i'm sure she was the best qualified person in the world to take that over um <laughs> she may not have been but she may have like really cared about the company because it was her family company like it depends on the person yeah no i don't I don't. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I just think it's a, uh, it's something that I become more and more aware of. Is that basically once you have any sort of cash, it makes it it makes more money. Basically, money makes money. Yeah. In a, so annoying. It well, it's yeah. It's just something to. It's think about. just capitalism. Yeah. Basically. <laughs> And then we were speak. We were talking about before, before we came on the mic. We were talking about how um, it's always like rich people who get comped the most as well. 
so thing. annoying isn't it so they'll yeah, like go to a restaurant a resort or something they'll go or a resort yeah yeah and everyone's like well if you talk about us we'll give you the whole thing free and oh it's just like come on i want that <laughs> guys make us famous so we can get free resorts basically that is the whole plan which I'm sure will not happen, but we can always, one can always hope. But Saz agreed to go on a reality show so that the pod would get more visibility, right, Saz? No, I didn't. I would not. <laughs> Which one are you going to do? Love is Blind. Oh, yeah, we did talk about that, didn't we? Yeah. No, I'm not going on any. I don't want to be on TV. I can't even do Instagram without having a breakdown anyway let's answer <laughs> the question for the week yes let's let's uh sorry just pulling it up i've got a little friend here next to me very cute her name is claudette um thank you again for the questions we love getting them so keep them coming here is a really good question how did you work through your trauma or experiences and what lessons have you learned? Uh, is that, is that, um, that is a good question. Thank you. Is that around le- leaving the commune? Leaving yeah. the commune. Okay. Cause okay. it's from that someone works. else who left. Um, so okay. yeah. Okay. Very good. Oh, very good question. How did you work through your trauma? Um, Kaz, do you want to start with that one? I suppose I can. Um, Just so you know, listeners, I did say to Sarah, would you rather be prepared for this question or do you want it to surprise you? And she chose being surprised. And here we are. And Kaz has to start. Well, I do have an answer. (laughs) I I will start because you're being snarky. I don't think I'm 100% over my... Well, I have a couple answers and they're not very well formed because I just heard the question. But I don't think I'm over everything. I used to dream a lot about um, the commune we grew up in and really violent dreams as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really take a lot of stock in dreams, but I do think that is your brain kind of processing some stuff. So they were very, very violent Um sometimes I was the perpetrator of the violence in the dream again like let's keep this clear it was a dream (laughs) Um, but I don't have that anymore I don't have those super violent dreams I still do dream about the place we grew up occasionally um, but it's more it's like a like pretty chill Um, so I I kind of see that as my subconscious being okay do you know what I mean Mm -hmm. yeah totally The thing that I find now is I just occasionally I feel quite sad about not having the connection I would like to have with um, our parents. That's my main, that's basically my main one. Um, Mm -hmm. The other stuff, I think a lot of it I've kind of used to motivate me. And like kind of what we were saying um, with like equipping your kids I Mm -hmm. have this thing where I was well I have it's a bit 
it's a bit like raw, isn't it? But it's like I we weren't really told that we were good enough when we were. Um, yeah. So that's been quite a good motivation to go. Uh, I'm going to prove you wrong, and it's been it's made my adult life very productive. Um, so <laughs> there is always um, silver lining silver to the clouds. To every, to every. <laughs> but I have now reaching 30. I do. I just feel a lot more. I just feel more content and quite happy mm. in who I am. And I, I don't kind of look back and go, oh, I wish I didn't have that childhood. I just, yeah. you know, it is what it is. Um, so exactly. that's yeah. where I'm at now. What about you guys? Oh, that's really good. That I'm glad you're in a better place with all of that. And um, I feel similarly. I, I will say, like, shout out to your 30s. I will, like, I, I don't know how other people feel leading up to their 30s or in their 30s, but I'm similar to you where I just feel like around that age of turning 30, things started, you know, falling into place and becoming better and just... I was more able to handle stuff emotionally as well. And uh, so I just wanted to like shout out that if it, you're feeling stuff is rough and you're still in your 20s, things do get a lot better um, it, when around your 30s. And maybe earlier if you advance quicker than me, but that's when it happened for me. Um, but... Yeah, I guess, like, for me, and I hear this from a lot of our friends who also left our commune, is that the nightmares were really, really intense, like an every night affair after I left as well. Um, oh, and really? Yeah, it's like I never had narrow. them that often. But yeah. Oh, really? Interesting. No, I never had... hmm. I'm sure it's different for everyone, but yeah, I, I used to have them every night, and um, and for me, like, it was less violence and more shame involved. So it was always the same kind of theme of just, like, you know, trying really hard and then still feeling ashamed for whatever reason oh. in the dream. Like, just, you know, trying to prove myself, trying to prove myself. And then, you know, just it ended with, like, shaming, like, whether that was public shame or, like, a feeling of shame or... I think, like, a lot of that, I know I really struggled with, um, when I had my son, um, you know, I wasn't married, and in our culture, um, from where we are from, that's, like, a very, you know, a taboo thing to do. I mean, it's, we all experience the shame and taboos on varying levels, but all pretty harshly because just leaving the commune is seen as, you know, not the right thing to do. Um, but yeah, with my having my son, I just felt like all this like fear around telling our family and dealing with that, you know, label of from them and our friends back home of like being a sinner being someone who's you know messed life up and you know made a big mistake and um I think to a lesser extent like society still also has a bit of that attitude which isn't helpful um and then yeah just not ever feeling a turn internally 
Oh, hi. Oh, Claudette We is have a little visitor talking me. to us. She is. She's here to support. Um, but yeah, so like the feeling of never internally feeling any kind of self-respect or self-worth was like very difficult to work through as well for me. Um, but I think I'm finally, I hate to like say I'm finished doing that work because I don't think I ever will be, but I'm finally feeling like, you know, I'm somewhat good enough at this point. And, uh, and I like my, I love my life as well. And, um, I do feel way a lot more in control of it, um, as opposed to just feeling like a victim of circumstances, if that makes sense. Um, and, and the way that I worked through all of that stuff, um, was not only by working really hard, having a vision and seeing that, you know, kind of vision open up and become reality, um, which is very affirming when you're working so hard, but also just going to loads of therapy for me, um, really helped. I also had like a lot of stuff as an adult that I had to deal with as well. You know, my my uh, son's father was um, really abusive, so I had to work through that as well, and that's ultimately what pushed me into therapy, um, and I just couldn't be happier that I think I've been doing it consistently now for like four years, and it's been incredibly life-changing for me and helped me work through so many things. And I don't either have the nightmares anymore from from that, which is from our childhood, which is like really amazing as well. So it seems like we're in a similar place with all of that. Yeah, it's really sad to hear that you felt that way, but also I can definitely relate to those feelings. Um, I was actually just something... talking. Oh, sorry. I was, this was just, just... going to say it's something yeah. you have to build and and not maybe consciously grow, but like you, it's just if you are feeling like that now, for oh, example, no. let's say, let's say you feel really, uh, like not confident at the moment know that you will get to that place because I think it's, it is something that we experienced because of our upbringing but I think it's also something people experience at, you know in, in their 20s I, I don't think that's just people who grew up as we did but um, yeah that's what I was just going to say was I, I actually had a work meeting this morning with this lovely lovely lady that I work with and uh she was saying she listens to some of our podcasts, which was really sweet. And uh, she was saying like how, you know, it seems like such a common experience for, she grew up very religiously in a Pentecostal church. Um, but for even women who didn't grow up religiously, just to find that feeling of self-worth and, and uh, to overcome, you know, feeling all this pressure and and worthlessness internally is like seems like a pretty common challenge for not just women but we were just talking about women because we both were but um but for everyone in their 20s like it's just a hard thing to find that confidence yeah 
And the other thing, was there a second, was there, um, so it was asking about the, what was, can you read the question again, please? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I think I answered half of it. Oh my gosh, sorry. Uh, how did you work through trauma or experiences and what lessons have you learned? That's right. Okay, I yes. So I was thinking with the working through it, something I did when I left was I, guys, <laughs> has been something that's really helped me um, mm -hmm. mental health wise. So something I, um, someone encouraged me to do and I, I did do was I joined the volleyball team pretty soon after I left and I was there for three years and I made lots of good friends and oh wow, that's so cool you know, it may like it was just very it was, so, it was sometimes people talk about like a third space as well so I, I was obviously working I was I had somewhere to live and then mm -hmm. I had this third space which was like the volleyball and a whole new set of friends there so that was a very positive very practical thing um and i've done yeah i've done like a couple of different things similar to that so i would say that is something that helped me and i like it definitely doesn't have to be anything exercise related but for me that's always been positive because of you know there's always like the the endorphins and stuff and then the added benefit of like doing it as a team so you get all the social benefits yeah of that. that's so cool um and also the other thing about that was i didn't really tell anyone i did i told people at my work and obviously where i was living about um where i grew up but the volleyball was very nice in that it was you didn't really you got to know them on quite a superficial level and that was something i i did need at the time because mm -hmm. um i don't know it's quite a good life skill to just be able to kind of have acquaintances and in you know enjoy life but i didn't really tell tell them about where i grew up so it was always very casual and I think they probably wondered why does this um, woman have no social skills, but that's all right. I was I was learning. Whatever. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's how you gain them. Did you that's do anything really cool. like that? That was like a kind of like a, a a practical example we could give people. Yeah, I think like I, for so long I was really bad at the self care stuff, and I just worked all the time, and yeah. But eventually I realized, like, I need more than work and home. Um, and I joined a local um, kickball team. And we would play kickball and then go to the pub afterwards for a drink. It was really fun. And like you said, it was, like, just a fun, like, surface-level communication where you're just really, like playing hard and then not having to get too crazy with talking and just having fun which I think for me what I've realized the most is life is pretty intense and serious a lot of the time and if we don't intentionally make space to have fun um it'll just wear us down um and I think a lot of us also had childhoods where like our younger childhoods we played a lot but then 
as we got older, we did a lot of work and followed a lot of rules and had a lot of responsibilities. Um, and so I think that especially for people with that type of background, it's really important to kind of learn to play again and do stuff just for the sake of having fun. Um, and what I've been doing recently for that is, uh, well, I love going snowboarding in the winter, but <laughs> that hasn't worked out too well for me this year, yes, as my no broken wrist proves. But um, also I've, you know, my jujitsu classes, it's that for me is like a purely, you know, selfish, fun thing where I get exercise. Um, I learn new things every time I go and I also get to socialize with people. Um, And it's a community kind of where you feel this support because everyone is helping everyone out with learning and it's just this fun communal vibe and I think like finding some type of community to be a part of on some level is so so important and then to have fun there as well is really really important so I think that was a great thing that you brought up says because I think that's like something that we don't give enough credit to is just the joy of playing with other people in whatever way that is even if it's you know, whatever you like to do, a knitting club, a cooking club, sports, whatever it is. Yeah, and do like do something that you're really bad at because it doesn't really matter. Like, I was always bad at volleyball, mm-hmm. but it wasn't... Well, then you can I mean, learn as well. That was annoying for those people maybe, but it, it is what Who it cares? is. Like, yeah. We're all paying the, you know, the, the, the fee to be there, so... Um, Do something where you learn something new because I think learning really stimulates like personal growth and also um, keeps our brains really happy. And I think like finding something new to learn, you know, every year, every couple of years is like really a really cool way to explore your interests and and your personality. And just um, I, I love that. I love learning the older that I get the more I just want to soak up as much new information as I can because that's what like honestly makes me the happiest and I think it keeps us young and it keeps like our brains working well when we're learning (laughs) it's true Jesus I am gonna get off my soapbox and stop preaching because you know what I was gonna say. Though? Feel... We we used to always go from volleyball straight to going out to clubs and such, and we wouldn't. Um, so you know how now it's like the fashion to wear trainers in clubs. Uh huh. Yeah. But we definitely started that because we always would go oh my out gosh. trainers. You started such a healthy fashion. Amazing. I, mean, I love it. We didn't really because we weren't wearing like cool trainers. We were just wearing trainer trainers. And we were were also, you like, all hot maybe... and sweaty as well? Yeah, but there was like this theory. Well, sometimes we would shower and like get ready, but mostly we would just go out all sweaty. And it was like always this theory that like, this is so gross, that it was fine for the first like 45 minutes. Like, no one really cares. But the thing about going clubbing anyway is you get really hot and sweaty generally. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Yeah, so no one would Um, even know. No one really cares. Um, Yeah. 
yeah but yeah just think of us when you're wearing trainers in the club and uh <laughs> i have sported a backpack in a club as well but hey love it you live and you live some more um but did you have a word of wisdom for us cuz or i mean that i was feel like i said too many of them i feel like i i should make a joke make a joke then <laughs> oh no I can never remember good jokes. Um, did you hear the story about the three holes in the ground? No. Well, well, well. <laughs> so bad. You know what? I tell all my friends because I always have the dad jokes up my sleeve and they get like worse progressively every year. But I always say, just call me daddy. <laughs> Oh no. After I make a really bad dad joke, which makes them even more uncomfortable than they were already. It's fun to make people uncomfortable. So go out today, my friends. And, oh my God, I can't even talk. And make someone uncomfortable. Why are you so sleepy today? Usually you're like faster. I know. I I think it's because I like had a work meeting and I ate a pastry and now, and I also like spent a lot of time talking about the world ending last night. So it's put me in this vibe of just being sleepy. But yeah, um, no, the world ending thing. I was trying to be positive about it, but it is so. It's such an American thing. That's like what we think about when we think about America. It's like, it's like this prepper culture. Preppers, yeah. I love watching <laughs> Well, I haven't watched those programs for ages, but I love those programs where it's like. This family has enough food and shelter for six years underground. And then hopefully by the time they emerge, the nuclear disaster will be over. And you're like, I'm actually not prepared at all. So it's all hypothetical, which is good because that probably means like I'm not I haven't lost the plot yet. But yeah, um, that's why I'm in. But I was going to say go out today tell a bad joke, make someone uncomfortable, and then laugh as you leave the situation. That is my advice for you. I love it. You have any, or you ready to start? I don't have any jokes. I would love to give wish everyone a good week. All right. Ciao, ciao. Love you all. Ciao, ciao. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Skin and Blister. If you have questions or comments, please email us at skinandblisterpod at gmail.com.